You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 37 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the author of the bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Hey there, yeah, not too bad. Had better days, but yeah, in general, doing pretty well yourself. Well, I'm, I'm good. I'm glad we've got hold of you. Um, yeah. The um, Well, I've had a very busy week. I've had a very busy week indeed. Um, I've, um, I've been able to watch a few games of football this week, which is um, always very exciting um, for me. At, actually, it all started um, uh, on Tuesday of last week when I had a... I had a trip to Oakfield Stadium because um, Melksham Town Football Club were unveiling um, their brand new scoreboard. But um, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. I don't know if anybody I don't, I don't know if you've seen it on um, on social media, but it's um, it's quite a sight to behold. Is the uh, is the Melksham scoreboard? Yeah, I believe John Cuthbertson was there. He sent over a few photos, which a couple went in the bulletin. So yeah, I've seen a. Pretty um, yeah, pretty impressive for this level. Absolutely right, and of course, um, it was supplied by a local company called Infoled, and um, the 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 acquisition of this um, scoreboard um, heralds more than just um, you know having a very nice facility for for Melksham Town. It also heralds um, a, a, a relationship which will see Oakfield Stadium known next season. Well, actually, from the first of July, as the Infoled Stadium. Um, which is um, which is interesting to see commercial naming rights reaching all the way down to the Tool Station Western League, um, but perhaps what's more interesting and what certainly caught my eye from attending the event last week was the fact that um, the company that um, has a has a presence um, in the town of Melksham but also has its manufacturing um, facility in China um, is very keen to to basically uh, is very keen to see a, a, an international relationship develop where um, children, um, young, young footballers from China will come over to Melksham and potentially the opportunity will be there for youngsters from the Melksham area to go and play football in China. So um, a really innovative project, and I think re- regular listeners to the podcast will know that we, we really like to sort of highlight these innovative projects because I think they're the fo- you know, they are the future of football. They're certainly the future of grassroots football. Any investment and facilities that can be brought into um, our level of the game I think are very welcoming. Indeed, so uh, a very interesting event to attend um, last uh, last week. But that was by no means my only visit to um, Oakfield Stadium, um, because I was back there on Monday night to watch the um, Canalico between um, Melksham and Bradford Town. But um, on Saturday, I was also able to take some time out um, to go and watch Devizes. They had a game against um, Bishop's Lydiard, and. Um, Really, really enjoyed myself. Really enjoyed myself. It was a beautiful day, of course, at the weekend, but um, it was a really, really pleasant um, um, experience visiting Devizes Town. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that later in the podcast. But we've got an awful lot of football to talk about, Tom. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going we're gonna to kick off with um, um, the, the fixtures on Tuesday, the 17th of April, and we had our long-awaited, much-anticipated Les Phillips Cup quarter-final game, um, like Jurassic Park, 75 million years in the making, this one, between <laughs> Buckland Athletic and Brislington. And, um, well, not only did they keep us waiting for the tie, but they kept us waiting for the result. Indeed. Extra time was needed in this one, so, yeah. We have waited a while, it was ages ago that we did the draw for the for the semi-final, but that uh, lineup is now complete, and Buckland are the fourth team uh, through to the semi-finals. Uh, a 4-1 win uh, after extra time, as we say, 
uh, against Brislington, so it was one all uh, at the end of the 90 minutes. Uh, but then Gavin Hammond, uh, Cliff Walters and Joe Webber managed to, to score goals in extra time, yeah, to progress uh, Buckland through to the, uh, the semi-finals and give them yet another fixture, which is um, yeah, very, which are very much piling up for them over the next couple of weeks, I've noticed. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, um, basically, we, it feels to me like we had a sort of a full list of fixtures in the Premier Division and the First Division on, on Tuesday. I mean, we'll kick off in the Premier Division. Bridgewater Town, they were at home to Bradford Town. Yeah, indeed. And uh, Bradford probably dropped a couple of points in this game. Uh, they went ahead uh, through Matt Morris. Uh, and Bridgewater managed to get back on level terms. Uh, Jack Taylor, their top scorer, he managed to get a an equaliser 15 minutes from time so yeah that one uh, finished one all that between Bridgewater and Bradford Now Cadbury Heath they took on Clevedon Town Yeah Cadbury doing alright uh, recently and very much to do with uh, Matt Huxley returning uh, he scored again uh, just the only well he was the only goal scorer in this one uh, a 1-0 win for Cadbury Heath at home to Clevedon Now another team doing well at the moment is Shepton Mallet and they travelled to Chipping Sodbury Town yeah, and a couple of players who are uh, regularly popping up with goals for them. Uh, each scored twice, and it was Tyson Pollard uh, and Isaac Reid uh, last Tuesday. Uh, a 4-2 win for Shepton Mallet away from, away from home at Chipping Southbury. And as you say, yeah, Shepton Mallet, one of those teams that are ending the season really well. Helen, they took on Cribs. They yeah, did, and uh, this one ended in a draw. Uh, not much to write home about in the first, uh, first, first uh, half of the match, uh, but then with 20 minutes to go, uh, Toby Osman uh, managed to, uh, to score for Allen uh, before Matt Spiller got on the score sheet for Cribs. So, yeah, that one finished one all there. Now, finally, in the Premier Division, Street, in a historic game for the club, took on Bitten. Yeah, indeed. Uh, a 5-1 win for Street, and this was one that uh, confirmed them as champions, uh, confirmed their passage up to the uh, uh, promotion. Uh, a 5-1 win, as I say. Uh, David O'Hare, uh, back, in, back among the goals with a hat-trick uh, for the Cobblers. And, yeah. Extending the run uh, of victories to 26 uh, at that moment. So, yeah, a big win for Street and a big night for the club. And we will be hearing later in the podcast from um, Richard Fay, of course, with that victory against Bitten, they secured the league title. So um, um, we'll hear from Richard a little bit later on in this episode. Now, moving down to the first division, Almondsbury took on Wincanton Town. Yeah, and this one, uh, another draw, uh, and it was Greg Parr scoring pretty early on for the host. Uh, but, uh, but then Kieran Davis responding uh, for Wincanton. So, yeah, one-all draw there, both goals coming for half-time. Now, Bristol Telephones, um, they've, um, they've been in a poor run of form of late, but they turned that around at home against Oldland Abertonians. They did, uh, yeah, despite goals from Josh Williams and Jordan Shubb uh, for the visitors. It was Bristol uh, Telephones who came away with a three-point, a 3-2 win. Uh, for them, they were ahead at the break, uh, and their goal scorers on the night were Darnie Golding and Lee Pittman, who, uh, yeah, started the season pretty well. Those two um, went a bit quiet, but yeah, back them on the goals, which is good to see for them. A uh, three-two win for Crystal Palace. Now the Cheese Men, they were at home mm-hmm. to Ashton and Backwell United. Yeah, and two very late goals on this one uh, for the home side. So it was Cheddar who ran out uh, two-nil winners, uh, and it was Adam Jones, their top scorer, and also Ollie Hucker, yeah, leading uh, them to a two-nil triumph. Now, the team I went to see on Saturday, Devizes Town, they travelled to Malmesbury, Victoria, and they recorded a very impressive win. Yeah, and um, this very much helped, helped by a big dominant second half. Uh, goals from Jack Hopper, Tom Slater, uh, Jamie Walters and Rory Collins, all after half-time, uh, helping them to a 5-1 win at Malmesbury. I think they led by uh, a goal at half-time uh, before, yeah, absolutely running away of it in the second half. So a big win for Devizes away from home. 
and Radstock Town in a game that was um, always going to be competitive. It was a very close scoreline, this one, but uh, Westbury United were the visitors to Southfield's Recreation Ground. Yeah, just one goal split them as well, and it was Westbury, obviously, very much chasing three points at this time of the season, uh, and it was they who came away with a 1-0 win. Jamie Jordan uh, smashing home a free kick uh, just after half an hour, uh, and they managed to hold on. Uh, six clean sheet in eight for them, so their defence very much holding up. Uh, yeah, and the one that went for Westbury and a, a vital three points, as we know. And more frustration just down the hill in Midsummer Norton, Welton Rovers at home to Chard Town. Yeah, an away win. Uh, Chard, just one, one goal needed. Uh, five minutes from time, uh, it was James Boyland who's doing pretty well uh, at this moment in time. Uh, yeah, he was the only goal scorer, and that was Chard uh, getting the three points at Welton's expense, unfortunately. Now, only one game on Wednesday, the 18th of April. That was in the first division, and it was at Sherbourne Town with the visitors, Calm Town. Yeah, and it was Sherbourne, uh, the home side, who came out as winners. A uh, 2-0 victory for them, uh, and it was goals from Harry Turner and Sam Farthing, uh, yeah, helping them to defeat Calm at Rally Grove. Now, moving on to Thursday, the 19th of April, and again, we've got virtually a full programme in both the Premier and the First Divisions. We'll kick off with Bridport. You know, rarely do they ever get a home game. Um, I think that um, they're probably beginning to regret getting this particular <laughs> backlog because the visitors were bitten and it didn't end well for the home side. No, unfortunately, no, it, was a, it wasn't a away victory. Uh, bitten, and it was two goals from Josh Egan. Uh, and either, high, <clears throat> either side of half-time, uh, he managed to bag a goal, uh, and that led Bitten to the win, uh, despite Mark Solskjaer scoring for the hosts. Uh, but yeah, Bridport couldn't get back on level terms, so it was Bitten who took away the three points. Brislington, they were at home to Wellington. Yeah, they were, and it was a one-all draw there. Uh, Lewis Britton had handed the hosts the lead, uh, but Wellington managed to, to grab a point, and it was Glenn Wright who struck for them. Uh, yeah, equalising in the second half and claiming a point for Wellington. Now, one of the unintended consequences of the fixture backlog, of course, is that it does see attendances dwindle, particularly if your side is at home three times in a week. And uh, that's even a problem that affects Melksham Town. They, um, they uh, entertained Bridgewater Town and they only had 274 <laughs> people at the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure plenty of other clubs would love to be saying only, only 274, <laughs> but yeah. 274 there and it was a home win, so they went home happy. Uh, just one goal needed, uh, and it was Mike Perrett, a uh, header from him, uh, 50 minutes from time to lead Melksham to the 1-0 win over Bridgewater, yeah. Now, of course, we, we joke a little bit about the attendance there, but on a more serious note, odd down, I think we've talked about this on previous podcasts, only 31 there for the visit of Buckland Athletic. Odd down, as we know, fantastic side. Buckland, again, they're a great team as well. Really, should have been more um, for, the, uh, for this game, Tom. Yeah, and it was nice weather on Thursday um, as well, so disappointing, as we say. Uh, and a pretty, pretty entertaining game, I think, to all their uh, first-half goals from uh, Ash McGrain uh, and that man who really had put odd down ahead. Uh, but Buckland managed to fight back, grabbing a pair of equalisers uh, in the first half from uh, Richard Groves. Uh, and then after half-time, Liam Head, uh, their captain, who pops up with a fair few goals every now and then, uh, yeah, an equaliser ten minutes after the break, uh, and that was how it stayed to get odd down to Buckland two. And finally, in the Premier Division, Wells City they entertained Cabri Heath. They did. Uh, Wells obviously bottom of the table, but they did show a brilliant fight in this one. Three uh, 0 down. Um, Sasha Tong uh, and then Matt Huxley uh, pretty much uh, seemed to end the game. He scored twice, making it three 0 to Cabri Heath at half-time. Uh, but then Mark Randall uh, produced the arrears on the hour mark and Wells pretty much kicked on from there. James Bayliss uh, grabbing a second with 30 minutes left on the clock 
and then Alex Gibilaro, um, I hope I've got that right, but yeah, he headed home uh, a dramatic equaliser, yeah, giving Wells uh, a point and uh, yeah, thrilled draw and a brilliant comeback from them. Now, in the first division, Almondsbury, they entertained high-flying Roman Glass St George. Yeah, the first team to slip up in a while uh, from the top sides. Uh, Roman Glass just managing to get a two-all draw, uh, where Almondsbury are now pretty lucky to get a point. I mean, 2-0 down, uh, following goals from Ashley Knight and Greg Parr uh, from the hosts, uh, and it was very late goals, as I say, to, to, to help Roman Glass get the point. Uh, and it was Joe Swift and Lewis Wentland who bagged goals, as I say, for them. Uh, very much snatching a point, but, but it could be pivotal, we never know. So, yeah, um, two points dropped, but one point gained, I suppose. So, yeah, uh, interesting night for Emmerglass. Now, Bristol Telephones, um, they were in action on Tuesday, had a good, had a good result on Tuesday. Uh, action again at home on Thursday, the visitors this time, Corsham Town. Yeah, unfortunately, it looks like they used up all their goals at once. Uh, a nil-nil draw there at Stockford Lane on Thursday, so, yeah, not much. Not much to write home about between uh, the Bristol Telephones and Caution. Now, high-flying Cheddar, um, they're a team that's been going very well in the First Division, and as you will hear later in the podcast, we do speak to their manager about um, what's been a pretty good season for the Cheesemen, but it wasn't a pretty good Thursday for them. Um, they came unstuck at home to Bishop's Lydiard. Yeah, a little bit of a pickle for them um, on, on Thursday. A bit of a surprising result, 3-1 defeat at home. Uh, Bishop Lydiard, uh, two goals from James Quick, who's doing well this season, uh, and also a goal from Jack Kelly, leading them to the, the three points. Well, Radstock Town had an opportunity to capitalise on those drop points for Cheddar, and they travelled to Lowly Portishead, but they couldn't make the opportunity count. No, um, but they did manage to get a late equaliser. Uh, I'm not sure who scored it for them, but after James Griffiths put uh, Portishead ahead, uh, yeah, Radstock managed to, uh, to get an equaliser, as I say, in the dying moments. Uh, so, yeah, that one finished one all there between Portishead and Radstock. Now, Wel- Welton Rovers, um, they entertained Oldland Abertonians and they won't be happy. Not a great week for the Green Army. No, another defeat, unfortunately. Uh, 3-2 win for Oldland away from home. Uh, goals from Jordan Chubb and Scott Gregory had them in position. Uh, but then it was Liam Gale, who's obviously scored four uh, the, the weekend previously. So he's in terrific form and he managed to get their third. Uh, yeah, and a 3-2 win for Oldland away at Welton. That one finished. And finally, in the first division, Wincanton Town, most definitely not at the races at home to Devizes. No, taking on the unstoppable Devizes. So I think that was nine goals away from home in the space of, what, three days for, for Devizes. A 4 0 win away at Wincanton. Uh, Jamie Walsh is scoring again. Uh, also Jack, Jack Hopper and Matt Russell. Uh, and there was also a goal for, for Matt Swan. So yeah, a 4 0 win for Devizes. Very much a, a good midweek for them. Now we move on to. Um, Saturday, the 21st of April. And um, we start in the Premier Division with Bitten. They were at home to high-flying Will and Rovers. Yeah, and just one goal split these two, uh, and it came for the away side. Uh, on the hour mark, it was Fletcher Williams, so yeah, leading Willem to a, a 1-0 win away at Bitten. Now, Bradford Town. I mean, this, this game here is an absolute cracker. It's a top-of-the-table clash. Bradford against Buckland, and it didn't disappoint, did it? No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, definitely the game of the day, I would imagine. Uh, a three-goal lead uh, for Bradford inside the first quarter, so they completely shot out the traps. And it was Will Halliston, uh, Karen Mandel and Dan Cottle striking in quick succession to yeah, put them three up and pretty much um, yeah, all guns blazing and looking for the three points. Uh, but then Buckler managed to, to find, a, find a way to get back into the contest. Craig Duff uh, and Richard Burrs getting them um, yeah, very much uh, near, nearly back on level terms. And then the equaliser coming from Ryan Bush uh, pretty late on. Uh, but then Buckler... <coughs> Uh, it was Bradford who managed to find a second wave 
having seen their uh, their lead completely uh, evaporate, uh, they managed to, to push on, and it was Sam Jordan, uh, a dramatic late winner, uh, and I believe there were plenty of chances after that winning as well, so yeah, um, lots, lots to enjoy in that game now, and it finished Bradford for Buckley Another goal fest in front of a, an impressive crowd of 125 at Bridgewater Town with the visit of Cadbury Heath. Yeah, and this was a, a late salvo for the home side. Uh, two goals pretty late on. Uh, Sasha Tong had uh, opened the scoring for Cadbury Heath uh, before Dave Pierce equalised for uh, the home side for Bridgewater. Uh, Tong then scored again uh, to give Cadbury Heath their second lead of the afternoon. Uh, but then it was Tom Stone um, and Jack Jenkins both scoring with headers uh, pretty late on, as I say, in the last five minutes. And so, yeah, leading Bridgewater to a, a 3-2 win at Fairfax Park. Now, Bridport, they finally found a way to win at home with the visit of Clevedon Town. Yeah, and a pretty momentous uh, afternoon for them. Uh, so Oscar Latis had put them ahead uh, pretty early on. Uh, and then it was Mark Salter, obviously, scored in midweek. Uh, and then uh, another header pretty late on in this one. Uh, but that was his 500th career goal. I mean, we, I think we mentioned it a few months ago that he was closing in on this. Uh, landmark and the milestone and yeah he's finally reached it and yeah uh, absolute congratulations to him um, a brilliant 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 achievement it is it's an absolutely remarkable achievement and of course most of those 500 goals have been scored in the tool station um, mm. Western League so um, yeah we really do salute Mark his achievement and hopefully with a bit of luck and a following wind um, the listeners of the podcast might be able to hear an interview with Mark before the end of the season that's certainly what we're hoping to organise but um, his people are talking to our people um, you know, he commands a big fee what can I say? Anyway, we'll do our best to bring you that. Now then, a game between these two sides were leading the way this time last season in the first division. They've met uh, in the Premier Division. It was Hengrove at home to Wellington and um, Hengrove definitely um, putting to bed a few demons from last season here. Yeah, they're, um, they're finishing the season really well. They're a team to watch uh, going into next year. Uh, a 2-0 win for them at home to Wellington. It was Giorgio Mancini uh, scoring an either half for them. Yeah, 2-0 win for Hengrove. And as I said, I think they're up into the top half uh, comfortably now. So, yeah, uh, finishing the season well. And, yeah, 2-0 win over Wellington. Well, of course, one side that's been struggling all season is Longwell Green Sports. And they struggled on Saturday with the visit of Odd Down. It is, yeah. A 3-0 win for Odd Down away from home. Uh, managed, managed to hold on to their lead this time, which is good to see. Uh, a brace uh, in the first half from Ash McGrain and then also a goal from Carl Norris, uh, leading them to a yeah, 3-0 win away at Longwell Green. Now, a team that's been winning a lot, we mentioned it uh, earlier in the podcast, is Shepton Mallet. And they won yeah, again, another, didn't they, on Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. Another three points. Uh, Tyson Pollard uh, setting up Joe Morgan uh, for the winner, which came midway through the first half. So, yeah, uh, another, as I say, another three points for Shepton Mallet, a 1-0 win over Hallam this one. And finally, well, I mean, I think this is breaking news, isn't it? This is the sort of the podcast equivalent of yellow ticker tape across the bottom of the screen because Street, they only drew on Saturday. They did, uh, yeah. The winning run finally, finally came to an end. Uh, home to Bridlington. Um, well, congratulations to Bridlington for ending that. Obviously, Street are the, uh, the happier side um, this season having... Having claimed their promotion and one whatnot, but yeah, uh, goals from Nikel Plummer and Michael Rimmer uh, helping Bridlington uh, into a half-time lead. Uh, they were two on up, as I say, at the break. Uh, but then uh, after the, after half-time, they managed to, to regroup and show a bit of fight street. And obviously Josh Wadham, uh, he straight over a penalty, eight minutes from time. Uh, but they didn't manage to find the winner this time. Uh, they've had a couple of uh, late winners recently, but yeah, not to be this time. And as I say, two all draw, but a big crowd there to, to see it, which is good to see.
Now, of course, at this time in the podcast, I'd normally introduce my interview with Richard Fay, but fortunately for us, um, Street were in action on Monday night. And, uh, well, after winning 26 games on the bounce, we couldn't possibly go into a congratulatory interview with, uh, with Richard Fay, um, um, having had the streak lost. So um, you're going to have to hold fire on that one. You have to keep your powder dry, listeners, on that one. That one will, will be coming up shortly. But we will have a look at the first division fixtures on Saturday, the 21st of April. And we'll start off with Almondsbury, who are in good form at home to lowly Portishead. Yeah, Almond's backing up their draw uh, against Remagrass in midweek. Uh, a 4-1 win for them at uh, home to Portishead. Uh, and it was Greg Carr and Ashley Knight doing most of the damage again. Uh, they really are in good goal-scoring form, those two. Uh, and also Danny Lane managed to bag a goal. So, yeah, uh, a 4-1 win for Almond's Green at Portishead. Roman Glass, they returned to winning ways um, with their visit to Ashton and Backwell United. Yeah, it was a close one, this. Uh, two minutes from time, so they were very much doing it late at the moment. Uh, 88th minute goal as I say from uh, Sam Wentland this time uh, tapping the ball home uh, an absolutely vital three points it keeps them top of the table for now but um, yeah the, the other two very much chasing uh, and yeah that, the race for promotion the race for the title continues to be absolutely uh, fascinating Chard Town they were an impressive form at home to Oldland Abertonians yeah they were uh, a 3-1 win for Chard um, they made it three wins on the bounce uh, in this one James Boyland uh, scoring twice and also a goal from Steve Friend helping them to the, the victory over Oldland for uh, who, whom Liam Gale scored yet again. So, yeah, doing, doing well, Gale, but uh, it was Chardy came over three points. Cheddar, um, they were at home to Carn Town. Yeah, back to winning ways for Cheddar. Uh, this one, a 2-1 win at home to, to Carn. Uh, Ross McNabb and Adam Jones uh, both headed home uh, during their 2-1 win, yeah, as a over Carn. Well, Cheddar are a team that's been impressing me, both on and off the field, so I thought it was well time we caught up with their manager, Sean Potter, and we did speak to him earlier in the season, just after he'd taken over the Cheddar hot seat, so it was great to catch up with him again. And um, with Cheddar fourth in the table, I started by asking Sean whether he was happy with his side being the best of the rest, or whether he was hoping for more after taking over earlier this season. No, sort of looking at it sort of on an overall basis uh, from when we took over, uh, when I took over, sorry, uh, in September, we were bottom of the league. Uh, I think we'd taken four points from the opening seven or eight games. Um, so if you'd have offered me fourth place then, I probably would have snapped your hand off. Uh, but after going on sort of the little run that we went on and getting ourselves up within sort of the top three uh, and within touching distance, um, you sort of you can't help sort of looking back and thinking a few little results that went wrong and went the wrong way. Um, if they'd have gone the right way, maybe we would have still been up there now. So yeah, it's sort of overall, it's, I'm quite pleased with it, but there's also that little bit of frustration. I mean, it's a cliche, isn't it, to talk about um, the fact that anybody can beat anybody in the first division. So I, I'm, I'm going to do it for you. Um, it's something that managers tell me all the time. But I suppose one of the secrets of your success this season is that actually, more often than not, you have been more consistent. You have been able to win games. But that, you know, isn't to say that, um, um, you know, you do get the odd um, reversal. And of course, it wasn't that long ago you got beaten at home um, by Bishop's Lydiard. So you must have been pretty pleased on Saturday um, to have uh, recorded a win against Khan. Yeah, like the, I think the last few weeks, I think tonight we played we play Chippenham Park and it's our eighth game in 17 days. Um, so I think sort of the last few games especially, I think fatigue sort of kicking in, 
we haven't got the biggest of squads, uh, probably 16 or 17. Uh, we've got a few long-term injuries. Uh, we've brought in a few of the reserves. Uh, we've probably got five or six players sort of that have been in every single squad over that sort of 16, 17-day period that have played sort of 90 minutes most games. Um, the Bishops Lydia game at home especially was, it really showed. Uh, I think the way we sort of try and play as well, we need to be fit and we need to be fresh. Um, so when we're not, I think it really starts to show. Um, we haven't, I wouldn't say we haven't got a plan B, but we like to stick to the way our philosophy, because we know it works. I'm not really the sort of manager that's going to say, look, we're a little bit leggy today. Shall we shut up shop and go route one? Because it's just not something that I'm sort of interested in doing. And the players especially don't really like playing like that either. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one, of them, one of them that we can sort of see the finish line now. We've still got the same three games a week until the end of the season. So, yeah, we can see the finish line. We can sort of start kicking on and get through those games now. Because you have got a few games in hand, haven't you, over the teams around you. So, you know, under different circumstances, that might have put you in good stead because um, of the points available. But because of the relentless nature of the fixtures coming up into the end of the season, and, I mean, you are playing into May. Your your last game is on the 5th of May, and we'll talk a little bit about that, that later. But um, the fact that these games are coming so thick and fast, I suppose you can't rely on the fact that you will pick up um, the points in hand and that uh, the chasing pack, who are so well bunched um, at the top of the first division you know they're breathing right down your neck yeah exactly we've got a sort of it's really difficult for sort of me and the players to sort of keep getting motivated sort of every other day for a game um, you can tell especially in the first half performances of most games uh, it should be the second half if we're, if we're sort of leggy but it's the first half we sort of a little bit sort of lapsadaisical and a bit sort of we haven't really got the motivation to get out there and get sort of get the results. Uh, it's usually it's taken sort of us to be one down or going in with a poor performance at half time and having a bit of a hair dryer treatment and coming out and doing well in the second half. Um, but yeah, I think I think just it's, it's just a case of keep picking up those points, not really have a look at the league table and just see where we finish, just see what we can do and see how we finish. Because you've got four home games between now and the end of the season. Obviously, you've got that game this evening against Chippenham Park, and then you're at home again on uh, on Saturday, where you take on um, Bristol Telephones, and then only a couple of days um, after that, you you entertain Bishop Sutton. Um, so it's not just you and the players um, who are um, having to sort of pick yourselves up every other day, as you've just said. It's also the the fans and obviously the volunteers and supporters around the club. Um, as well, uh, it, it does create something of a you know. In one in one respect, it's lovely for fans to be able to watch so much football. But it's um, sometimes there is there is something that is too much of a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think we've got sort of some really really good volunteers, uh, even in terms of washing the kit. <laughs> so you get uh, we say we play on a Tuesday night. The kit's got to all be washed and ready to go again for Thursday, and then it's again for Saturday. Uh, the pitch needs sorting out. Like, like you say, for the home games, uh, we have to have people on the gate. We have to have sort of there's so much to be done. Programs for every single game. Yeah. Uh, food, food provided for after the game. So, like you say, there's a lot, a lot that goes into sort of every single game. Uh, but on the footballing side, I think our home record. Um, I think I've lost maybe twice since I took over. One was right at the beginning, and then sort of the Bishop's Lydia game last week. So our home form has been brilliant. 
Um, it's just sort of picking up the, the away points that we've uh, struggled with a bit. Now, on the subject of, of volunteers, um, one of the things that has impressed me um, about uh, about Cheddar this season is your excellent use of social media. Um, now, I am I, I've praised uh, on the podcast before, particularly Welton Rovers in uh, in your division for the way that they for the innovative way that um, that they do social media. But actually, I've been really impressed by the by the the, the depth and and um, the consistency of the information that that, that Cheddar share. Um, I mean, that's a great testament again to the volunteers at your club looking to promote the club. But have, have you seen an increase in interest because of that um, of that of that level of communication? Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. I think sort of the last few years I've been there when it hasn't been used as much, uh, you can sort of see the difference to now, uh, sort of the interaction that you get on Facebook page sort of primarily. Um, I think, yeah, it's been first class. I think the lads sort of take it on board and really appreciate it and they'll sort of share it and have a look around. And there's a lot of people that weren't, I can see that uh, people that weren't really interested in the club and haven't really got any affiliation with the club um, that have sort of seen the social media bits uh, and sort of started to take an interest and come to games. So it's definitely having the desired effect, I'd say. That's excellent. Um, we've talked a bit about your home games coming up. The, the last game at the moment, you know, weather permitting, let's keep our fingers crossed, is scheduled for the 5th of May, and that is going to be your game against um, Westbury United. Now, Westbury are locked in a three-way battle for the, um, for the league title, so that could be an absolutely crucial game for them. It will be a fascinating um, way um, for you to sign off um, your, your season because, um, albeit that you may not have a great deal to play for, they certainly will. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, obviously, I'd, I'd like it to be us sort of in that position, uh, but it's not. Uh, in terms, I think I've said to a few of the lads, sort of, in terms of the, in, in terms of the top three in the teams that we've played so far, um, although we beat Westbury uh, and then lost against Cajun twice. I think we've beat Roman Glass and lost against them once. Um, I'd say Westbury were probably the best side that we played out of the three. Um, I think that was the toughest game, and that was the game where we had to be sort of right on top of our game to get anything out of it. Um, it was a bit of a, a bit of a boxing match for 60, 70 minutes, and then we sort of made some changes that were able to come on and change the game and win it for us. Um, but yeah, I'd say they were sort of the best side of the three I won't be sort of setting out to try and stop them from going up um, I'll just be setting out to go and sort of win the game it's not sort of anything more to it uh, the pressure will be off for our lads like you say we won't have much to play for um, which is sometimes a little bit easier and it sort of eases a little bit of the pressure um, so yeah it'll be an interesting day be an interesting barometer as well for next season, won't it? Because I mean, you've been at the top of the um, uh, of the first division um, for a while now. Um, a, a lot of other managers talk to me about how impressed they are with your brand of, of football. But I, I can imagine that sides like you, and of course the other sides that have been fighting it around at the top of the first division this season, the likes of Devizes and and Radstock Town, uh, um, you know, all of those will be uh, having one eye on whether or not they can carry their momentum into next season. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've sort of mentioned that to the lads about the sort of last few games, uh, last few weeks of the season this season. Um, it will have an effect on next season. In terms of sort of me personally, I think obviously I took, took over in September. Um, it's my first sort of managerial role at this sort of level. Um, so the whole sort of 
season has been a little bit of a learning curve for me, um, just sort of seeing other clubs and seeing how they do things, seeing how the league's played. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to next season already, really, getting things in place and having a full pre-season and a full season in charge to sort of implement my sort of, put my stamp on it a little bit more um, and then hopefully we can have a good go next season. Sean, thank you very much um, for your time uh, today. Also, I mean, you've got plenty of football left to play this season. Um, so I hope yeah. that you and the boys um, continue your good form and that you don't pick up too many knocks along the way. But, but thanks very much um, for taking the time to talk to the Talk Station Western League podcast. No worries. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, now, now the game that I was at. Uh, Devizes Town at home to Bishop's Lydiard and a convincing win for the home side. Yeah, I think we've mentioned how good a form they're in. Uh, a 3 0 win for Devizes uh, on Saturday afternoon, moving up to fifth. Uh, and it was Tom Slater who scored twice for them. Uh, also, a goal from Jack Hopper, who yeah, seems to be scoring every match at the moment. So, yeah, 3 uh, 0 for Devizes, and they're definitely uh, chasing fourth spot, I'd imagine, to finish out the season. Well, I must say, Tom, that um, that doesn't really tell the tale of the tape because for, um, well, Devizes certainly got on the score sheet early. They got, they got their first goal before I'd arrived. But for much of the game, um, um, Bishops Lydia had more than held their own and, in fact, you know, definitely had chances to score. And it was only really in the second half when Devizes were able to kick on that they, um, that they saw Bishops Lydia off. I mean, I think um, Lydia had had trouble raising... Um, uh, a full side, from what I could see from Twitter. I might be speaking out of turn, so if that's the case, I, I apologise. But, I mean, that's absolutely no insult to, to what I saw on Saturday. I thought that they played incredibly well, and, and frankly, it was only when there was basically a moment of madness in the second half, um, when some very agricultural tackles were, were, were reigning in, that, um, that they, they let themselves down. And, um, and Devizes certainly... Um, took the um, you know they took the advantage of the situation. Um, what I really like it was a beautiful day. So how can you not enjoy football on a beautiful day? But it's a lovely little ground that one. Devizes. I mean it was um, you know we were made. My daughters and I were made to feel incredibly welcome. And um, it's a you know it's a place that's really enjoyable to watch football. So I shall certainly be going back there um, in the future. But a good result for a team that's clearly in form. And. Um, We'll await to see with interest where they can manage to finish at the end of the season. Of course, we will wait with more interest in some respects to see where Canesham Town finish at the end of the season. The visitors were Welton. Poor old Welton, they can't buy a win, can they, at the moment? They certainly weren't going to get one at Canesham. No, tough place to go. Uh, a 4-0 win for Canesham. Uh, yeah, very much an early goal from Matt Brown helping them on their way in this one. Um, yeah, he's obviously top scorer in the league this season, so uh, he's doing well. Uh, and then also after the break, a long-range effort from Craig Wilson uh, and A.D. Harvey adding a header as well. So uh, plenty of contributions to Kenshin. Yeah, 4-0 win for them and they can continue to power on. And local rivals Radstock taking advantage of that slip because they went away to Malmesbury, Victoria and recorded a win. They did. Uh, a 3-2 win for Radstock away there. Uh, not 100% sure who, who scored their goals, but uh, yeah, um, pretty impressive and they're doing all right. I think when Radstock fail, when we don't know who scored for Radstock, I think it's pretty safe to say it was Morgan Skip and James Rustle. 
That's who I would imagine. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> let's, not, let's not spoil a good story for the truth. Absolutely not. No. Um, Town ran Cheddar very close this week to see whether or not I'd get their manager on the podcast because um, they recorded an absolutely fantastic victory at home. Poor old Bishop Sutton really put to the sword by Sherbourne in emphatic style. Yeah, I mean, keeping up to date with this game, uh, during the second half, it seemed to be every sort of every sort of five minutes they're adding another goal. It finished 7-1 uh, in Sherborne's favour. Uh, yeah, they went behind, uh, sorry, they went ahead after just 45 seconds from Mark Kane, so very much getting uh, a dream start. Uh, Sam Farvin then headed them uh, two ahead uh, before Harry Turner made it three uh, in the early stage of the second half, which is a two-goal lead at the break, but yeah, powering home in the second. Uh, the Dorset side, yeah, adding further goals through Luke Jake Jackson, uh, Sam Jarman, Tim Trevitt, and also Dan Quirk. So yeah, pretty one-sided scoreline there. Uh, uh, Seven-one uh, for Sherborne over Bishopstone. Now, poor old Warminster's season. I mean, it continues really to go from bad to worse, doesn't it? This time they had to suffer a, um, a home defeat to near rivals Corsham Town. Yeah, a three-one win uh, for Corsham. It was another comeback though. They were behind uh, Charlie Walton putting Warminster ahead. Uh, but then uh, Robbie Tripp headed home, uh, an equaliser, uh, and then goals from Ben Wickens and uh, substitute Jaden Papley, I think it's pronounced, uh, yeah, leading uh, Caution back uh, to a 3-1 win uh, away at Warminster. And finally, for Saturday, the 21st of April, Wing Canton returned to the races at home uh, against Bristol Telephones. Yeah, their fourth game uh, of the week, and it ended yeah, with, a, with a win, which is good to see, a 2-0 uh, victory for Wincanton. It was Connor Williams and Marcus Cook both scoring before half time in there whenever, yeah, Bristol Telephone. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock. Hit this button. Thanks, hand. And it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Now, that very nearly ends our mammoth um, run of results, but, of course, not quite, because there was football on Monday the 23rd of April, and in the Premier Division, we had an absolute classic. We had a humdinger at the Oakfield Stadium. It was Melksham Town against near-rivals Bradford Town. Yeah, indeed. Uh, 808 uh, in attendance there, which is, yeah, uh, fantastic. Uh, and it was the home fans who were on home happy. It was a 1-0 win for Melksham. Uh, second half goal from, yeah, Gary Higdon, uh, leading scorer. And, yeah, another three points for them at the expense of Bradford in what was, a, what was an absolutely huge match. It was. I think 808 is a record this season, isn't it, Tom? Well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah it blows everything else out of the water, yeah. Um, yeah, by miles. Which, you know, for a Monday night fixture is, is a great achievement. Obviously, there's a huge amount of local interest in this tie anyway. Um, the fact that these two sides are locked together in second and third, fighting for that promotion place, um, you, know, is, um, you know, is obviously added, added spice. Um, but I think that, you know, even though I went along there with my, my, um, my black and yellow scarf, I have to say that I did feel for Bradford Town because, of course, in this fixture on Good Friday, they were 2-0 up before it was... Um, cancelled, and I don't think you know we're all football fans. We're all partisan, of course we are. But you've got to feel for a side that has um, that has suffered that. And it was a very tight affair. It was very edgy. You know, it wasn't as if you know Bradford failed to turn up. It was very very tight. Um, you know, there's some great creative players on show. Dan Cottle for Bradford 
and um, John Davis for Melksham Town. You know, two players who would have been worth the entrance fee on their own. I was very much looking forward to seeing what they could do. There were sparks, there were moments of brilliance from both of them, but actually it just wasn't that type of game. Both sides really just cancelling each other out, but it was a moment of brilliance from Higdon, a fantastic header that um, secured all three points vitally for Melksham and, and, and put them back in pole position. But there's still a lot of football to be played. Um, so we can't, you know, by no stretch. I mean, the, the, the two sides now are only separated on goal difference. That's how close it is. And, of course, we're not talking about Willand and we're not talking about Buckland. I mean, Buckland have got a ridiculous number of fixtures to play. And, frankly, with player availability, injuries, suspensions and the rest of it, very difficult to see how they could realistically mount a challenge, in fairness. But... Um, you know they've got the opportunity to do that so so neither Melksham nor Bradford should take it for granted maybe there will be twists and turns before the season but um, a very enjoyable evening anyway Street um, they return to winning ways at home to Bridport yeah they'll probably start another winning run now um, yeah Street a 1-0 win uh, for them as well so yeah 2-1-0 wins last night in the Premier Division uh, against Bridport and it was uh, Craig Harris who scored their only goal and that also came after half time so yeah quite similar to the game at Melksham and that was a much better opportunity for me to catch up with Richard Fay. Of course, Richard has been on the, the podcast a couple of times this season. We had him on a few times last season, and I had the pleasure of his company in the commentary box at last season's Les Phillips Cup final. I've got a, a lot of time for Richard, so it was only right. I started our interview by congratulating him and his team on their fantastic achievement of promotion this season. Yes, thank you, and... Um... It's been a long old season, obviously, again, due to the, the weather since the turn of Christmas. It, it has been stop-start, but no one can be more happier and more proud of, than myself um, to be on the run that we've been on and to currently um, still be top of the league with 31 wins out of 36. It's quite remarkable, really. It is. I mean, I have the pleasure of talking to you, but of course, actually, it's a team effort, and not just the players on the pitch, but of course, the supporters and the volunteers at Street Football Club. You know, it's been a, a this title has been a long time coming. You you did so well last season. It, it really is a whole club achievement, and it must be incredibly exciting for everybody to be looking forward to the prospect next season of Southern League football. Yes, definitely. Well, when we come in, me and Nathan two years ago. Um, the chairman James Port, who works tirelessly, same as James Vickery and Clive Chemish, Michael. There, there's so many people you could mention that work so hard behind the um, scenes, and everything we've asked for them to do, the pitch-wise facilities um, with the squad, they've backed us, and we've um, luckily we've we come out last year with 92 points and finished runners up. And any other year, I think we would have got promoted or won the league. But Manor Farm obviously finished with 102 points, and. Uh, rightly so deserve to go up and then this year we followed it up um, we're currently on 96 points and with two more games to go it's just you can't ask for any more and the supporters have doubled um, sorry the supporters doubled the um, ground is now looks 10 times better than what it did when we first took over and we're all ready and geared up for um, Southern League football One of the key things that I've noticed about um, um, Western League football is that um, consistency it is not to be underestimated and of course you did go very well last season were you concerned that you might not be able to recapture that form this season yeah well everyone it's a, uh, a name saying the second year is always the hardest and we did speak about it in the summer we, we only added um, a couple um, but it's near enough the same scene that started uh, the beginning of last season and um, 
we did have a bit of a wobble, you could call it a wobble, uh, back in September when we lost three in one week to Bridport in the FA Cup, Willand in the um, FA Vars, and odd down in the league. And again, I think I mentioned before, we sat down and had the chat with the lads, and, and we haven't looked back since. And the run we've been on is just, and the publicity recognition the club been getting is just quite remarkable. And hopefully, um, we can take this momentum going into the Southern League next year, because again, it's going to be really tough. Well, we've got to talk about that streak um, that you were on. Um, I mean, I must confess, and maybe I, I should try and be more impartial in my role, but I must confess I was rather hoping that you would make it through to the end of the season. I was, uh, actually, I was hoping, for the purposes of this conversation, you'd make it through to this interview um, with, the, with the streak still going. But it was, it was Brislington that did for you in the end. I mean, you haven't lost, we have to say, but, but you were, it was a two-all draw um, against Brislington. But, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, hats off, we should say, to Brislington I, I mean I did jokingly say last week on the podcast to the manager of Bridport that I wondered whether whether you know you, you had a bit of a target on your back you know you won 26 matches in a row were you waiting for the inevitable or did you um, how do you feel about it now? Well to be honest it was, uh, it was quite a um, strange feeling yesterday because going to the game against Bridport there was no the, the pressure was off us um, but obviously the longer this run went on the, the more media attention we're getting and, and, and people contacting the football club as a whole um, myself and the chairman it, the amount of phone calls and emails we've had it has been quite surreal but no you can't take nothing away from Brisbane they fully deserved the, um, the point the, um, the lads looked tired the, you know nearly the whole team's running around with, with K-tape on their legs and now we're just trying to get through the, um, the fitness because we're getting now to the, towards the end of the season we played the week before Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday and again I'm not moaning because there's worse clubs than us in this situation at the moment but Bridgerton come down they, they played on a Thursday night we, uh, we watched in we did think that um, they would tire and they gave their all and, and they, they, the, the problem we, we had was towards the end your Clevedon's, Cribs and Brislington they knew we were on a run and when you've got nothing to play for that's an incentive to go and try and upset and but right, they, just, they fully deserved it and I got no, no um, issues with it at all they, were, um, they, were, they played very well on the day and uh, it just in one way it took the pressure off um, and again, I don't think I'll ever see in my lifetime again a team that will win 26 league games on the banks. I mean, how do you think it reflects on the... Um, on the strength of the Premier Division in the in the Tool Station Western League, because one way of looking at it, and of course one of the f- statistics that I was interested to see is how your run of results and how your points total compared with comparable leagues in other divisions. And in a way, you know, if if a, you know much is said about Scottish football about the fact that you know Celtic run away with it every year, and I actually didn't feel that. Um, that you were steamrolling your way through, that you you were you, you were you were pushed by some quality sides, and ultimately, I, I think perhaps it was a it was a good advert for the for the Western League that a club like Brislington that sort of are capable of getting a result on their day, but it was Brislington who who you know who were the ones who recorded that draw. Yeah, that's right. And again, if you look at step five football across the whole country, we're currently top on points per game ratio which is a massive achievement and great publicity for the, the Tall Station Western League. Um, who would have thought that a, a little old street down in Somerset would be would be running away with this? I know there's teams like Westfield and Thatcham that are around us. Um, but for Step 5 football for the whole of the country and to be top of, I think it just goes to show that this level of football, and, and again, this season has been strong. You look at the clubs like your, um, 
near Brislington, even Clevedon the other night. We, we played them and we were 2 0 up. They pulled about the 2 2, and they were the best, young, one of the best young sides we've played this season as well. And all right, we went on and nicked it 3 2, but we were tired, but they're. They were, you know, fresh, and they wanted to try and um, take, you know, not knock us off our pedestal with the with the run. And I think it's a credit to the to the league. And you look how tight it is going for second place now. Um, the same is in Division One with the three teams at the top there fighting it out. Um, I think it, it bodes well for the future. Well, let's talk a little bit about the football. You, I mean, you did. Um, we've talked a lot about the Brislington game, but you, you, you got the title um, uh, mathematically with a very emphatic home win against Bitten. I'm sure you'd have been absolutely delighted by that. But, but last night you had a very, you had another tough, tar, um, tough test. Bridport are a team that um, have interested me um, this season. They're a very, I think, and I mean, you, you, you came up against them last night, so you tell me, but I think they're a very good team and I think that their season has been blighted by the long run of um, postponements that they've had. But last night you returned to winning ways, albeit that you left it late. Definitely. We, we played them in the FA Cup. They beat us 3-1 down, down at Bridport earlier in the season and they were strong, um, a strong outfit, a team full of men. Um, very well organised and um, with lads like Mark Salter up front who scores his goal ratio um, speaks for itself um, you know you've got a chance always got a chance in a game but last night the pitch was crispy it was it was hard um, you look at the with the weather only a week ago our pitch was nearly underwater and now all of a sudden it's rock hard and it was an end to end both teams having a go um, Bridport again because of the run of now 31 games unbeaten wanted to upset our record and, and it gives them something to play for and, but we managed Craig Harold scored a great goal a couple of minutes on the end um, into the bottom corner took a slight deflection and we've beat a very good Bridport side and I think you're right if they didn't have the run of games that they've got coming up because of the their pitch being so bad in postponements then I would have fancied them to finish in the top four at least this season I think their manager um, would agree as well and the month of April for you has been absolutely bonkers. Um, I mean, the games you, you played on the 7th, on the 10th, on the 14th, the 17th, the 21st, the 23rd. You're going to play on the 26th. You're playing Buckland um, uh, in the league. That's going to be a, uh, you know, that's going to be one hell of a trip for you um, um, down there. Thursday night. And then, uh, and then only two days later, you've got your last home game um, against um, against Chipping Sodbury. I'm, I'm sure that it will be a, a, a real party atmosphere for that game, and hopefully one where you and your fans can celebrate the, uh, the you know. The, winning the league definitely yeah we're really looking forward to it. obviously Thursday we need to try and get um, well the, the, most of the boys are available to travel to Buckland on Thursday night for the league game and then Saturday um, home to Chip in Sobbury um, it's going to be a good day um, we've invited we haven't heard anything from the league since winning the um, winning the title um, but we've invited the league down to present the trophy on Saturday after the game and with the crowds now doubling I think we had 140-50 there last night we're expecting double that on Saturday because it's going to be a historic day um, we've got our presentation on the night so uh, it's going to be um, it's going to be busy and I just hope we can put on a good display for the supporters and, and get the um, and look to celebrate on the evening um, after collecting the trophy yeah, it'd be lovely for the fans to see the trophy. But, I mean, the football doesn't end there, does it, Richard? Because two days after that, on the Monday, you've got um, Buckland again. So, I mean, one of the hardest teams to beat in the division. You've got them again, this time in that Les Phillips Cup semi-final. That's right, yeah. And, and, and the, 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 the point for me, we've got the, the 
trophy to celebrate on um, Saturday. And I've told the boys they're all on new sauce on the Saturday night. They need to prepare ready for Monday for a cup semi-final on the Les Phillips. And again, it's, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be tough Thursday. It's going to be tough on Monday because um, Buckland are a very good side. They've had some great results. And I think their fixtures coming up is, is, is ridiculous, really. And I've seen what their manager put in the paper regarding the, the five games in five days. At any level of football, even children's football, you wouldn't expect that. And it, it is damaging for your health, I, I think, especially the commitment of getting out of work. But we just hope that they are tired. Um, we hope that they don't fancy travelling to Longwood Green for a cup final on a bank holiday Monday and that we can go and get, get through to the final and, and again, have something to celebrate if we can get there on a, on a remarkable season. Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't count the chickens before they're hatched because, of course, um, you know, you've got to pay uh, Buckland the respect um, of um, of being able to compete. And, and, and you know, if, given the situation in the league, it, it's quite likely that the club will be targeting um, the Les Phillips um, Cup. But uh, it's an extraordinary opportunity for you not only to have sealed the league title in such spectacular fashion, but also to, 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 to record what would be an unprecedented league and cup double. Yeah, well, definitely. We, we, we need to take care of Monday night first against, um, against a very good Buckland side and then obviously the following Monday, the cup, the final, whoever wins out of us, it'd be Shepton Mallet or Bridgewater. Um, it's going to be tough if it's for us or um, for Buckland. So, well, like we said, we're, we're going to concentrate on Thursday night, our next fixture, and um, look to rest a few. The same as Saturday um, against Chipping Sobbery, and then we can then focus on the, the semi-final. And it's a strange one, um, with the final being at Longmore Green, because if it is ourselves or Buckland to get through to your know, Shepton, Mallets, or Bridgewaters, with the bank holiday traffic coming up on up to Longmore Green, um, it's going to be a trek for for everyone. Um, I'm just glad I live near the ground and I can walk round. Yeah, well, don't tell, get there. don't don't tell don't tell everybody where you live because then they'll be using you. They'll be parking their car outside your house, like like I'm planning on doing. Richard, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. It's been um, it's been it's I've really enjoyed over the last two seasons the conversations that we've um, that we've had, and um, it, you know as much as we reflect on what an extraordinary achievement not only your winning streak was but also um, last year's run, runners up spot to go to then go one better this season and in you know and potentially still have an interest in the and the Les Phillips Cup. It's been a fantastic achievement for you, and I think that um, you know you, you'll be sorely missed um, by the Western League, but we do wish you all the very best um, for uh, for next season. No, thank, thanks a lot, Ian. And, and, and also on behalf of all the other managers, the publicity you give the clubs um, in this division is excellent and thank you for all your hard work. And my thanks, as always, to Richard Fay for his time. And finally, Tom, uh, in the first division, it's our old friends, Oldland Abertonians. You know, they're here every week. <laughs> <laughs> Twice a week, at least. They took on Welton Rovers. Did and uh, yeah, plenty of late goals in this one. Uh, so it was a one-all draw at finished, and it was Welton who went ahead uh, through Courtney Charles, uh, the centre forward. Uh, but then Oldland managed to, to to get back on level terms. Uh, it was a penalty, a couple of minutes from time. Not sure who scored it, but yeah, a one-all draw there between Oldland and uh, Welton. Now moving on to Tuesday, the twenty-fourth of April. Um, we're, uh, we're not going to postpone the podcast any longer so that we can talk about these fixtures because, frankly, listeners would be here all night. Um, but, um, Tom, I've done far and I've done too much talking. Um, so can you run us through the Premier Division fixtures? 
Of course, yeah, on Tuesday night, so we've got Bitten versus Cribs, uh, we've got Brislington, Hengrove, uh, Longwell Green versus Wellington, uh, Wells versus Shepton Mallet, and then Willand versus Butland. And in the first division, um, Bishop Sutton take on Ashton and Backwell, Bristol Telephones are at home to Malmesbury, Victoria, Cheddar entertain Chippenham Park, Radstock Town take on Canesham Town, Warminster Town take on Carn, and Wincanton Town take on Corsham Town. Now, Tom, there are two fixtures in the Premier Division on Wednesday, the 25th of April. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we've got Bridport at home, uh, they play again, uh, 8 o'clock kick-off uh, against Chipping Suburb Town, and 7.30 we've got Cadbury Heath versus Melbourne. And in the first division, Oldland Abertonians take on Almondsbury and Portishead Town entertain Welton Rovers. On Thursday, the 26th of April, another two, t- uh, another two games in the Premier Division, Tom. Yeah, indeed. Brislington, uh, they're in action. They take on uh, Willand and then Buckland Athletic. Uh, one of their many remaining games, they host Street at 730 both of those. Blimey, what a cracker that's going to be. Mm. You know, if we hadn't have had all that fixture congestion, that would have been a real game to sort of put in the diary wouldn't it but I mean it's so difficult for the fans for both clubs really to just keep on coming out particularly during the week anyway in the first division Bristol Telephones take on Warminster Town Malmesbury Victoria take on Roman Glass Radstock Town entertain Devizes that'll be handy and uh, Wincanton Town they take on Cheddar and of course we've got the games on Saturday the 28th of April to look forward to as well a very full schedule Tom do you want to take us through the games in the Premier Division yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, all three o'clock kickoffs, of course. We've got Brislington versus Ditton. Uh, Longwell Green Sports, they should have to take on Buckland. Son of a home game for, for Buckland there. Uh, we've got Hallam versus Bridport. Hengrove versus Bridgewater. Uh, Melksham take on Wellington. Oddown versus Crib. Uh, Cadbury Heath travel to take on Shepton Mallet. Uh, Street host Ch- uh, Chiffing Sobbury Town. And uh, we've also got Wells versus Cleveland. And then finally, Willand versus Bradford. And in the first division, Almondsbury take on Ashton and Backwell, Carn take on Sherbourne, Cheddar entertain Bristol Telephones, Corsham Town take on Malmesbury Victoria, Devizes Town take on Oldland Abertonians, Canesham Town entertain Chippenham Park, Portishead take on Roman Glass St George, Radstock Town entertain Chard, Welton Rovers take on Bishop Lydiard, Westbury United entertain Bishop Sutton and Wincanton Town take on Warminster. And as of course I always do, Tom, um, any games at the weekend there particularly tickle your fancy? I think the big one in the Premier Division is probably Will and uh, Bradford, two top sides, going ahead. Uh, going head-to-head, obviously Bradford have had a, a couple of big games recently, so yeah, they'll kind of probably be in the mood for another one uh, away at Willand. Uh, and then in the first division, I think, out of the top three, obviously Roman Glass, the only side uh, away from home, so obviously Westbury and uh, Kensham have home games against teams that probably would fancy uh, being. So yeah, big, big, big weekend for Roman Glass, where Port has had. I think uh, Radstock Town against Chard might be a pretty good game as well, but... Um... Uh, plenty of football to sink our teeth into, not only at the weekend, of course, but all the way through the um, um, through the week as well. We uh, we would normally have a look at the um, the goal scorers. Um, we'll do that next week because I think there's really only one goal scorer that we're interested in talking about this week, isn't there, Tom? Absolutely, yeah, Mark Salter, uh, the, the main man, 500 goals. Yeah, yeah a fantastic achievement as we mentioned earlier. Yeah, hats off to him. Absolutely. Uh, now, looking at the league tables, I'll have a quick look in the Premier Division. Street are our league champions. They've played 36 games. They've got 96 points. Still a few games to go, of course. But Melksham Town, now in second, played 35 on 75 points. 
the same number of points as local rivals Bradford Town, but crucially, Bradford have played one game more. In fourth, Will and Rovers, 32, game, uh, 32 games played, 68 points, and then Buckland Athletic, 29 games, 57 points. Looking at the bottom of the Premier Division, Well City are there, are 35 games played, 11 points just above them. Longwell Green, 34 games played, 16 points. A long, long way away from Cadbury Heath, eight, um, 33 games played, 32 points. And Halland just above them, 37 games played, 34 points. Do you want to take us through the runners and the riders in the ever so interesting First Division, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, obviously, we've got the top three battling for pretty much everything uh, we've got Roman Glass they played 40 they sit top uh, on 89 points so they've just got two games remaining uh, we've then got Westbury uh, 39 games played they've got 88 points uh, and then we've got Kensham on 39 games as well now on 87 points so yeah it's um, increasingly tight at the top still plenty to play for you know, we've then got yeah, as I mentioned kind of during the podcast we've got a battle for fourth going on we've got Cheddar played 36 they've got 65 points uh, Divisors, they've played 38 and they've got 64 points. Uh, and then we've got Bradstock, who've played 36 and they have 63 points. So that should be fascinating as well. Uh, finishing out the season, uh, bottom of the table, uh, Warminster, they have played 38, they have 23 points. Uh, Portishead, uh, they've played 37, they're on 28. Uh, and then also Ashton Backwell, they've played 37, they're on 34. And then Sherbourne, two points better off, they're on 36 and they're 38 games. Well, we're nearly at the end of, of what can only be described as podcast the movie. I mean, it is the motion picture, without question. Um, in the parish notices section, really, uh, one thing I was hoping to bring the listeners' attention to is Football Shirt Friday. It's happening this Friday on the 27th of April, and simply it's a day when um, you're encouraged to wear your football shirt to work or to school or basically to whatever you want to do but it's an opportunity to wear your favourite football shirt uh, and, um, and uh, raise money for bowel cancer research it's an initiative by the Bobby Moore Fund who of course work very closely with, the can- with Cancer Research um, UK Bobby Moore of course passed away um, with um, bowel cancer well we think it's very important for the Tool Station Western League to do its bit for this fantastic cause and we're hoping that all of our 42 member clubs will uh, have a picture with a fan or a player or a manager, whoever it is, taken wearing one of their member strips. And of course, if all 42 were to donate five quid, then uh, we would get to £210, which um, may be modest, but I think out of, you know, giant oaks, out of small acorns grow. It's a fantastic cause. It's one that should be very close to our heart, not just because it relates to our World Cup winning captain, but because it's football. And we are very much a family football league. So I think this is a great cause for all of us to get behind. So I, I, I dearly hope that, you know, wherever you are, uh, whoever's listening will, uh, will take part in this initiative. And um, there's plenty of details about how you can donate both on the Bobby Moore Fund and the Cancer Research UK website and of course our own tool station Western League website and Tom has very kindly put it in the bulletin that he edited um, uh, uh, you know, that, that, is, that is available on the website as well um, of course we've mentioned a number of times during this podcast the, the fantastic achievement uh, of Street winning this season's Tool Station Premier Division and uh, there's a fantastic article we've mentioned them before Kerry Miller writes them for the Sunday Independent if you haven't had a look at it please do because it's an absolute belter so um, two parish notices um, for you there Tom, um, thank you very much for your time as always 
Okay, um, welcome, yeah, absolute pleasure. Before we let you go, have you penned your article for the non-league paper? Yeah, that's in the uh, step five and six section, uh, looking back on the uh, Saturday games in the Premier Division. That's excellent. Tom, thank you very much for your time. And uh, while well, I look forward to speaking to you next week, plenty of football to discuss at the moment, of course, on the Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs>